to be here in God's house this morning at Porchlight Baptist Church. Glad to have those who are here. I was watching online. And uh, believe it or not, we are going to, Lord willing, finish our sermon series, Rooting Through Romans. We started this October 25th, 2020. So it's been almost two years, two years next month. And today will be the final message. Um, this will be part number 57, if you're keeping up with the, the number. And uh, this morning we're going to look at chapter 16, verses 21 through 27. And I've titled the message today, Paul's Roman Finale. Romans 16, if you have your copy of God's Word, you please turn there. Romans 16, starting with verse 21. And here the Bible says, Timotheus, my work fellow, and Lucius, and Jason, and Sosipater, my kinsmen, salute you. I, Tertius, who have wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. Gaius, mine host, and the whole church salute you. Erastus, the chamberlain, and the city saluteth you, and Quartus, a brother. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. And by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And as most Bibles have it there, it says, Written to the Romans from Corinthians and sent by Phoebe, servant of the church at Sincrea. Uh, that's in a lot of Bibles at the end of that uh, chapter or end of that book. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the reading of your word today. Lord, thank you for this Bible study we've been through for almost two years now. We pray that, Lord, it is, uh, it's, we've done exactly what you wanted us to do. But, Lord, we need your help on this, this message this morning. Lord, help us preach. And, uh, Lord, may your word go out and do a mighty work in our hearts today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as we finish up this sermon series... Uh, we're left with seven verses of Paul's uh, Roman finale. Uh, he's completed all of his warnings and his teaching, and all that's been done as we've studied over this time. And uh, last time we looked at the, the, uh, the verses before this, which he was warning of those that caused divisions in the church. And uh, uh, he continues now with this farewell. And we're going to hear from... We're going to see eight different names mentioned here as they give farewells. They're with Paul back in uh, probably Corinth, where he was probably at when he wrote this. And uh, he, all these names will be mentioned. And some of these you'll be familiar with, some of them you won't. But we're going to look at each one, but we're going to spend uh, a good part of the time looking at that first name in the list Paul gives, and that is Timothy. Uh, so let's go ahead and read our first verse, 21. Timotheus, my work fellow. All right. Uh, and Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsmen, salute you. So, Timotheus, my work fellow. Uh, we are first introduced to Timothy back in uh, the book of Acts, chapter 16. Now, you may remember at the end of Paul's first missionary journey, uh, journey with uh, Barnabas, uh, he and Barnabas had an argument. Uh, they were ready to go out on a second journey, but they had an argument over John Mark because he had left them. And Paul was not happy with it at all. And they got into a big argument. Contention, the Bible called it. And it was so severe that they parted ways. They 
they decided they'd be better off to part ways than to stay together with this grievance between them. Now, of course, uh, Barnabas was related to John Mark, and so he, therefore, is going to look out for his best interest and his kinsmen. Uh, Paul just wanted to make sure somebody he could trust, rely upon, was with him in missionary journeys, and he didn't believe that he could rely upon John Mark. Uh, and Mark, by the way, that's his name is John Mark, but Mark is usually what he's referred to, especially the Gospel of Mark, which is from his pen, his human pen. Uh, so Paul then teams up with Silas for a second missionary journey. Now, at the beginning of this journey, they start going into places and places that they'd already been, where Paul had already been, uh, in most of them. But they go and meet up with Timothy. Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 5, we see the first mention of Timothy. It says, Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, and believed. But his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with, and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters. For they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them in the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. So that's the first time we're introduced to Timothy, Timotheus. Timotheus is being the long form of his name, shortened Timothy. Just like we do that with our kids a lot of times. Our daughter Jessica, Jess, Elizabeth, Liz, you know, so on. Matthew's Matt. Uh, this is kind of a shortened form of his name, Timothy, or you could call him Tim. <laughs> the Bible doesn't call him that, but uh, that's what we call folks with that name today, it's Tim. Uh, a few facts about Timothy as we learn from rightly dividing the word of truth. These are not things we've made up or things that we've supposed. These are facts from the Bible. First of all, he was a young man, probably in his uh, late teens or early 20s. We know he was young. Paul warned him in his letters to him. Uh, while he was there overseeing the church in Ephesus, he warned Timothy not to let his age come into the factor. Don't let him. Don't be intimidated by those older folks there. Uh, to stand your ground. Uh, we see. We just read that his mother was a Jew, but his father was a Greek, meaning he was a Gentile. His father was not a believer. The Bible says his mother was a believer, and when it said she's a believer, it didn't mean she believed in God. It means she believed in the Lord Jesus. And uh, we. It's assumed that the first time Paul came through this area there of Derby and Lystra on his first journey that she heard him preach and uh, she accepted the gospel and, and was saved and also Timothy. Timothy is a saved man. We don't know if it was that first journey when Paul was there and he heard or his mother maybe taught him because we know she was a great teacher of the Bible to him. And we learn that from the word of God. Uh, although Timothy was half Jew, he had never been through Jewish circumcision. And this would have caused a stir among the Jews when Paul tried to reach them. Now, we know Paul was sent to preach unto the Gentiles, but we also know that it was his habit to go to the Jewish synagogue very first thing, anytime he entered a city. And for him to be accepted, and for Timothy to be accepted, and them knowing Timothy and saying, now wait a minute, his dad is not a Jew. He's not been through circumcision. We're not listening to him. So to keep everybody from, from causing a problem, Paul had him circumcised. And uh, so there would be no question 
you know, he's 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 a Jew. He's he's one of you. That way, it's easier to reach them. Now, uh, Timothy was very close to his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois. And uh, Lois most likely lived there in the same home. They probably lived in all the home together. And the, between the two of them, they taught Timothy the scripture. And the Bible tells us from from an early age when he was young, the scriptures he he learned uh, as a child. And so uh, this, of course, would aid in his salvation, learning the, the truths in the scripture. Now, uh, we see this in the following passage of scripture in 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 5. Paul writes to him, he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son. Now, we know that Timothy was not his natural son. As far as we know, Paul was never married. And never had children. Uh, the Bible doesn't say that he did. Uh, but here he, he refers to Timothy, and we're going to look at some of these other terms of endearment and, and things that Paul calls him. But here he, he refers to him as my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. Uh, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelleth first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. So here Paul is acknowledging the fact that his grandmother, his mother, and he himself are all saved. That's, that's what he says there. He says your unfeigned faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus. What are you talking about? So, obviously, from, from looking at the in the Bible here, he says that his grandmother Lois first was the first one that got saved. And then his mother. And then he says, I'm persuaded that uh, you also. It's in thee. And in 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15, Paul writes this. He says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child, Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, Timothy did not have the New Testament. He had the Old Testament. That's what brought him wise unto salvation was the Old Testament. That's how the Jews got saved in that day, was by seeing the Messiah through the Old Testament. There's proof of Jesus all throughout the Old Testament. And Paul says that you've learned that from a child, the Holy Scriptures, and it showed you. It's made you wise unto salvation. And so another thing, we know that Paul wrote two separate letters to Timothy, First and Second Timothy, and he mentioned him in nearly every epistle he wrote, all of his church epistles. Uh, here in, in Romans 16, he calls him Timotheus, my work fellow. My work fellow. So what he's identifying him as is a fellow brother in Christ who helps him in the ministry. He goes along with Paul. He, he helps teach and preach and uh, whatever's needed in the ministry. He's a work fellow. And uh, interestingly enough, he's called Timotheus 17 times in the Bible. And only seven times he's named Timothy in the Bible. Excuse me. <clears throat> but uh, Paul uses these endearing terms toward Timothy. He, he loved this boy. Uh, he calls him this in 2 Corinthians 1.1. 1, 1. He says, Timothy, our brother under the church of God. 
In 1 Timothy 1 and 2, he says, Timothy, my own son in the faith. In 1 Timothy 1.18, he says, Son Timothy. In 2 Timothy 1 and 2, he says, Timothy, my dearly beloved son. In Philemon 1 and 1, he says, Timothy, our brother. Hebrews 13.23, he says, our brother Timothy. And yes, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. And that's one of the reasons right there. And uh, Romans 16.21, he says, Timotheus, my work fellow. We, we read it here in, in our beginning of text. In 1 Corinthians 4.17, he says, Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord. Colossians 1 and 1, he says, Timotheus, our brother. In 1 Thessalonians 3 and 2, Timotheus, our brother. So in these church epistles, when he's speaking about Timothy, he usually refers to him as Timotheus. And when he's talking about him endearing himself to Paul those seven times he calls him Timothy uh, so we know that Timothy traveled with Paul to many places and he remained in some of those after Paul would leave for instance Ephesus Paul left Ephesus and Timothy remained behind and Timothy was there we believe to be the pastor of the church at Ephesus he was either a pastor or elder the Bible does not call him either but it uh, from from everything we read about him in his work there and Paul's letters to Timothy about how to behave thyself in the in the house of God and he's in Ephesus and so we assume he's he's there the pastor. Uh, Timothy was arrested at some point and released. Um, Hebrews thirteen twenty three says, Know you that our brother Timothy is set at liberty, with whom if he come shortly I will see you. So, you know, those times he's with Paul and Paul's always getting in trouble. Uh, Timothy also got arrested. Uh, Timothy is the only man in the Bible that Paul says is like-minded to him. Now, Paul has a lot of helpers. He's a lot of real great friends and people he loves dearly. And But Timothy is different than all the rest of them. Listen to what Paul says about him in Philippians 2, 19 through 23. He said, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, and not the things which are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him, that as a son with the Father, he has served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. So Paul says, there's no other man that I can trust. Nobody else is going to take care of you like I would except for Timothy, and you know him. I trust him. He's helped me greatly. You know the proof, and so I'm sending him. Uh, although the Bible, like I said, never calls Timothy an elder or a pastor, it is believed that he was the, the pastor at the church at Ephesus, and that's based on what Paul wrote about Timothy in uh, 1 Timothy 1, 1 through 3. He says this. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord, as I besought thee to abide still with Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. So Paul left Timothy there in Ephesus to make sure that that church was being taught doctrine, real doctrine, not straying from it, he said, no other doctrine. 
So those false teachers that would come in behind them when they would leave, Paul says, no, we're going to put a stop to that. I'm leaving Timothy here. He's going to, he's going to make sure that they, uh, they don't receive any other doctrine. All right, now, we've covered Timothy pretty good there. Uh, let's look at those next names on the list. We won't spend as much time on them, but there in verse 21, it goes on to say, And Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsmen, salute you. So here Paul mentions three other men, Lucius, Jason, Sosipater. And let's look at these real quick. First of all, that name Lucius. That name's mentioned two times in the Bible. It's not for sure if it's the same person or not. Um, I'm, I lean toward it being the same Lucius. But it's mentioned here in Romans 16 and also in Acts 13, 1 through 3. Listen to this. It says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manon, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereinto I've called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So there in the church of Antioch, the sending church, Paul's missionary sending church, this man, uh, Lucius of Cyrene was there. He was one of the, the leaders in that church. He's one of the ones that laid hands on Paul uh, and uh, Barnabas to send them on the way. So I believe it's the same Lucius of Cyrene uh, there in uh, Acts 13.1. Now, um, if you look in different commentaries and get other people's opinions about it, which I like to do after I finish my my message, I go back and I'll look at some commentaries and say, I wonder what this guy thinks about it and that guy. John MacArthur says, not the Lucius of Romans 16.21 or Luke the physician and author of Acts. See, there's a lot of people believe that Lucius is also a, a form of the name Luke and that it's referring to Luke the physician, the, the penman of the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Uh, John MacArthur says, no, it's not him and it's not the same same Lucius of Romans either. Now, I don't know why he says that. Uh, there's no proof that it's not the same Lucius of Rome, of Acts 13 and, and uh, Romans 16. Albert Barnes, he's a real old Bible commentator. He says, Lucius is afterward mentioned, as with the Apostle Paul, when he wrote the Epistle to the Romans um, in uh, uh, Romans 16.21. So Albert Barnes believes it's the same man. I believe it's the same. I don't see any reason why it couldn't be. So whether or not it's the same Lucius, I don't know. We're not told anything else about him. I don't think it's Luke the physician, though. Why would the Bible suddenly go from calling Luke Luke to Lucius? It doesn't make sense. I know the Bible interchanges Timothy and Timotheus and, and things like that, but uh, I don't believe so with, with Luke. All right, now the next person in Paul's list there in Romans 21 is a man named Jason. Uh, Jason is obviously a, a Jewish name. A lot of Jews actually are named Jason. And we've seen that name mentioned with Paul. Uh, I'm sure most of y'all remember it. Paul was preaching in Thessalonica. Now, his message did not go over well there with most people. There were some people that believed there, but that city was fully given over to idolatry. And when Paul came in preaching... He messed things up, and so it caused a big stir. And Jason ends up being assaulted and apprehended. 
Listen to what the Bible says in Acts 17, 1 through 9. Acts 17, 1 through 9. This is concerning Jason. It says, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was the synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas. And of the devout Greeks, a great multitude. And of the chief women, not a few. But the Jews, which believed not. So these are not the uh, idol worshippers. These are not the pagans that's going to cause a problem. It's the Jews that don't believe in Christ. Uh, but the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found him not, they drew Jason and a certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason has received. And these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken security of Jason and of the other, they let them go. So this man Jason, some believed he was a relative of Paul's and was allowing Paul and his team to live at his house while he was in Thessalonica. Uh, we don't know that for sure, if he was related or not. Uh, but he, they obviously were staying in his home. And these Jews knew about it. And so when they try to, they want to run Paul off, Paul, of course, has already left the scene. Uh, he escaped out of there before anything happened. So they go to Jason's house, and it says they assaulted the house of Jason. In other words, they went there and grabbed him, roughed him up, pulled him out of the house, and uh, put him in front of the people and, and want to do some kind of trial. You know, we want, these guys are, turn the world upside down. You know, we got to do something. So it said they took security of him. In other words, they... They apprehended him. They took him as prisoner. Uh, it probably wasn't legal, but they did. They took Jason, and finally they let him go. I guess uh, maybe somebody got a little sense and said, you know, we, <laughs> we're going to get in trouble if we keep doing things like this. Let's, let's let these people go. Uh, but anyway, um, I believe this is the same Jason that's mentioned in Romans 16. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. All right, the next uh, person, name in the list there in uh, Romans 16, 21 is Sosipater. Now, that's a unique name. You're not going to see that <laughs> in many places. But it's the long form of the name Sopater, which we read about in the book of Acts as well. Acts chapter 20, verse 4. And there accompanied him into Asia Sopater of Berea, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus, and Secondus, and Gaius of Derby and Timotheus, and of Asia, Tychius, and Trophimus. So here we see that this man, uh, Sopater, which is the shortened form of Sosipater, is mentioned. And I believe this is the same person, and I uh, don't see any reason why. And there, in that same breath, we see other names that's included in Romans. We've got Gaius there, and Timothy. So uh, all these men are workers with Paul, very familiar with them. Now, Paul says here in Romans 16, 21, that these are his kinsmen. And we discussed this before. When Paul uses that phrase kinsmen or that word kinsmen, 
it, he doesn't necessarily mean they're blood related to him. It means that they are fellow Jews or fellow Christians. Either one, it doesn't matter. They're related in that way. Uh, may not be blood related, but they're related through through the Lord or through their Jewish you know um, ancestry. Uh, look at verse 22 now, Romans 16:22. This is interesting. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, you see that? I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. So what we have here, this is not the man who uh, the words came to through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit didn't speak to Tertius and say, write this down. The Holy Spirit talked to Paul and moved Paul, and Paul dictated what he was supposed to write down. And this man, Tertius, was the guy writing it down, uh, you know, in, in written form. Uh, it is believed a lot of times that Paul had very bad eyesight and that uh, he had difficulties writing. And so this man, Tertius, he obviously was hired by Paul or he was helping Paul either way, just part of the ministry. But he's the guy that's uh, writing stuff down. He's the, the secretary, I guess you could call him. Uh, he writes down what Paul said. And so he throws in his greeting to the people in Rome. He says, I, Tertius, the one, I'm writing this epistle for Paul. It doesn't say for Paul, but that's what it means. And he says, salute you in the Lord. So he wants to make sure that they, they know he. He's uh, glad to be able to greet them. And in verse 23, Gaius, mine host, and of the whole church, saluteth you. Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, saluteth you. And Quartus, a brother. So now we have three other names at the end of this, this greeting. And this first one is Gaius. Now, we mentioned that name uh, above there in uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 4. But he's also mentioned as one that Paul baptized. Over in 1 Corinthians 1 and 14, when uh, the, the question of baptism comes up, and people say, well, I was baptized of John. I was baptized of Apollos. I was baptized of Paul, whatever. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 1 14. I thank God I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius. <laughs> so I believe that's the same man that here is giving a greeting in the book of Romans. He, he seems to be around Paul often. And uh, it appears they were staying in his house at the time and having church there. It says uh, um, Gaius, uh, where, where did I go? Gaius, mine host and of the whole church. So he's hosting them there in his home. And the next name on the list there, this greeting, it says Erastus. Uh, that's a, a very common name in that, for that day. Uh, but Paul mentions in Erastus in 2 Timothy that abode in Corinth. This could be the same man. But it says he's the chamberlain of the city. So if he's the same Erastus in Corinth, then he's the city treasurer. That's what a chamberlain is, is a treasurer. He watches over the money of the city of Corinth. That's a big job. That was a very uh, high position. And so this man, he's a Christian, Erastus. He's greeting those in Rome. And then the last name that's mentioned is Quartus. Uh, we don't know anything else about this man. He's not mentioned anywhere else. All we know, he was a brother or fellow Christian, if you will. 
And so these eight names that's mentioned here, these are all important, and they're all in Corinth with Paul at the time. They're all sending their greetings with this letter that Phoebe's going to deliver to them in Rome, and Paul has dictated what the Holy Spirit told him to, to say, and Tertius wrote it down, and then everybody's sitting around as they're doing all this, they say, hey, tell them I said hi. Say, hey, from Roscoe. You know? So it's one of those uh, uh, greetings here that they, they're ending the letter with. And so then, after all that's done, uh, well, as they end their part, they say, verse 24, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So all these people are, are finished now. No more are, do they have for the Romans, but Paul is going to finish up this, this letter with a doxology. And so all these greetings have been given, and listen to what Paul says, verse 25 through 27. Now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel. Now when he says my gospel, it's the same gospel of the Lord Jesus, the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Uh, of my gospel, according to my gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. So the world was in a mystery about the ways of God all, all through the beginning of the world up until the point when Christ came. And when Christ came and gave his life on the cross, the mystery has been revealed, has been made manifest. Verse 26, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So Paul says this great mystery everybody's been wondering about. What is that mystery? Well, the mystery is Christ came to save sinners. Christ also had a plan to save the Gentile. God's had that, that plan all from the beginning. Now that great mystery has been made manifest. Everybody knows. It's in the scripture. He says the prophets, they, they made it known. God made it known to all nations, he says, through faith. Not works, not law, through faith. And so he ends it there with his amen at the end of it. And this would be a great place for them to break out singing, To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. Who yielded his life and atonement for sin And opened the life gate that all may go in Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Let the earth hear his voice Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Let the people rejoice Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. It's a perfect ending of this great book of Romans, this doxology that, that Paul has given. And I tell you what, this has been a, uh, it's just been a thrill for me to preach through this sermon series, Rooting Through Romans. I told you at the very beginning I didn't know how long it would take and that we were going to root like a hog. Uh, my daddy raised hogs when I was growing up, and we'd have to put a, a ring in their nose to keep them from rooting under the fence and, and escaping. And so that's why I named this series Rooting Through Romans. We're digging under the fence. We're getting down in the dirt. We're getting all the way down in there into the roots. And so I, I 
trust that we have done that and uh, that uh, we've, we've been obedient to the Holy Spirit through this, this, this sermon series. And uh, I don't know what our next series will be. And you know I like to work that way. I'm an expositor. I like to expound upon the Word of God, word by word, verse by verse, and, and uh, such. But uh, we'll just let the Lord lead us in that. Uh, we will be at Northside Baptist October the 2nd, is that right? The first Sunday in October. We'll be at Northside preaching, so everybody come out for that and join us there. And uh, then uh, I guess uh, we don't have anything uh, to announce or anything t- uh, today. But it has been a joy to, uh, to be in this, this great book of the Bible and as always, you can go online, you can go to our sermon audio site, and you can listen to each one of these. And I upload all my notes. So if you want to read the notes, if you've not been able to keep up with the, the verses I've gave you, they're all in those notes. So all you got to do is go there and uh, sermonaudio.com and uh, find us there. You can go to our website at pbcnox.com. And there's links there to it, and you can get it all there. All right. Well, are all hearts and minds clear this morning? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll dismiss. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for this privilege, Lord, to teach and preach from your precious word. I pray, God, that it has been helpful to those that's been listening. Lord, those that may use this later on. Lord, we know there's others that are using these these uh, messages uh, at their own churches, God, and, and using the notes. And we're thankful, Lord, that you've allowed us, this little bitty church, Lord, to be able to reach the world with the gospel. Lord, uh, I pray that we'll always be in your will and in your word and be pleasing to you. Lord, thank you for those who are here. Lord, I pray you watch over them. Help those online today. If there's one that's lost, God, I pray that we can reach them. Lord, through the Holy Spirit, Lord, you'll convict their heart. Help us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.